usually in the month of January, there's always a focus on Guantanamo Bay because uh, obviously we mark anniversaries, somber anniversaries, and there's always a follow-up on where uh, this had all started, what is the state of this particular facility and those who still remain in limbo. We're going to focus on that this evening, but also on something broader, and I'll read from an announcement that I had received in December, uh, a message from Dr. Arnan Siddiqui, who labeled it the end of CAGE. And CAGE, as you know, would always come into focus because of the advocacy relating to Guantanamo Bay and those unjustly imprisoned and affected as a result of the US-led war, so-called war on terror. Now, uh, this year, marks Cage's 20th anniversary, or it marked Cage's 20th anniversary, and the message or the announcement said that it surely has been an eventful ride. 20 years ago, a group of Muslims came together and decided to no longer be passive witnesses to injustice, and the intention was simple, give a voice to the voiceless men of Guantanamo, and the result was an organization called Cage Prisoners Being Born. Uh, after some time, it evolved to be, call, be, be called Cage, and the announcement then said, we would like to announce today to all our supporters and well wishes the end of Cage. Uh, I was worried when I read that, uh, but after that it says it's not the end of our story, alhamdulillah, inshallah. This is a new beginning because we are now morphing into Cage international and that's what i want to focus on this evening reflect on the past the successes and the challenges along this journey and what exactly is cage uh, international now going to be taking up and how is it going to be evolving to meet the needs of a new global terrain. Anas Mustafa, the head of public advocacy at Cage International, who guides media strategy and pioneers high-impact research and reports at the organization, joins us uh, this evening from the United Kingdom. I thank you so much for your time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Anas, and welcome. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khair for having me. Shukran for being with us uh, here this evening. Um, uh, let, let's start off with a uh, kind of functional question, and this is uh, the state, if you would be able to assist us, of uh, the, those who are still uh, interred at Guantanamo Bay. What, what, what uh, in, a, in a nutshell, what is the status as it stands right now, uh, and those who are still remaining in the state of limbo? Sure. So, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, uh, this year, particularly, or specifically on the 11th of January, we marked the somber anniversary of the 22nd year since the opening of Guantanamo Bay. Um, your readers or your listeners may or, or may not be aware that in 2002, in January 2002, the first prisoners um, rounded up and captured off the back of America's illegal invasion of Iraq. Uh, and many prisoners actually were picked up not on the quote-unquote battlefield, but were picked up in other countries um, and um, extraordinarily rendered to black sites and then thereafter to Guantanamo Bay where they lingered without trial or charge. So this year, as, we, as, I, as I was saying, marked 22 years. Um, in Guantanamo's history, about uh, nearly about uh, 800 men 
or just short of 800 men were held in Guantanamo Bay. The eldest, the oldest prisoners uh, happened to be around the 80 years old and the, the youngest were just children, literally, in the early teens and some, uh, um, some arguably even younger than, than that. Uh, that were in 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 that particularly uh, dark place. Uh, at the moment, uh, a testimony to or a testament to those uh, who have campaigned for the closure of Guantanamo, who have continued to shed light on the lives um, of the of the brothers who who, who have been there. Um, only 30 remain, but those 30, a number of them, America has already promised that they are. Uh, forever prisoners, so they won't be released ever, or they have no intention of releasing them. And um, a handful of others have actually been cleared for release, but have not been have not been um, transferred to any 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 country where they can be free. Um, and a few others are uh, the, the every two years when their case is reviewed, uh, there's been impediments or blockages to prevent them from from being freed. One of them is Mohammed Rahim Al Afghani, uh, one of the last of one of the last Afghan in Guantanamo Bay, um, and um, he's someone who we've been supporting his case for for many years now, and helping his family to uh, build testimonies and evidence and show how he's he's not a threat to anyone, um, and uh, yeah, that is the condition of those who, who who still remain there, and this is something that we will continue to highlight and continue to to, to fight for until the last prisoner behind the bars in Guantanamo Bay is freed. So that obviously gives us an indication of the, the work, your engagement with this particular issue, which uh, obviously was the impetus for the uh, setup of caged prisoners uh, way, way back, uh, you know, more than 20 years ago. Uh, and you will continue, as you've mentioned there, uh, fighting for, for this particular cause, but the work has evolved and it has become much broader than that. Uh, since then. But before we talk about the future vision or the current vision and what you envisage for the future, uh, Anas, if you could uh, take us on a trip down memory lane here, not just for sentimental reasons, but also uh, to be able to uh, learn the lessons of this particular particular journey. Uh, starting off as, as cage prisoners, let's start off with that particular stage uh, when in 2003 cage prisoners was 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 born, uh, as you say, on the foundational vision to give a voice to to the voiceless. What exactly did you do in this particular phase of the organisation? So, yeah, so thank you for the opportunity again. The as as you've rightly pointed out, in 2003, in Ramadan of 2003. Uh, a group of uh, lawyers and activists in, 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 in London and in the UK uh, came together to do something about the men who have been forgotten behind bars in Guantanamo Bay. Uh, this was something which was uh, which they directly felt the impact of because some of their friends or friends of friends or people within their communities have been rounded up and arrested uh, and taken to Guantanamo Bay. So it was something that they, they felt kind of firsthand and also they, they, they understood the ramifications of it long term, what it would mean for, 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 for the rights and freedoms of Muslims when Muslims are held without charge or trial and put in this um, uh, in a kind of extraordinary situation and uh, showcase to the world as tokens of America's victory and, 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 uh, and domination of uh, poorer Muslim nations. Um, so the work began, uh, uh, began very in very humble means simply collating the stories of the men who are there, 
piecing together fragments of information from uh, from family members, from friends, uh, from prisoners who've who've been released uh, um, early early on in the years, and trying to and trying to put together a picture of who are those who are behind bars. You have to understand in that particular context with America having launched its war on terror and George Bush announcing to the world that you are either with us or you are with the terrorists. Uh, many people were afraid. They, they felt that advocacy for, for defending the rights of those who've been taken to Guantanamo was akin to standing against the United States of America. And if they didn't hold that, that, that opinion, then they held the opinion that there's no smoke without fire. And therefore, that these men who, who had been um, yeah, rounded up uh, and, and tortured in Guantanamo Bay and other CIA black sites, uh, they had something to do with their own, with their own uh, situation. So, you know, uh, one of the first things we did back then was to put together a report uh, for the first time, putting together a list, uh, it was around 400 names or so of prisoners uh, who, are, who are in Guantanamo, and this was published in conjunction with the Washington Post at the time, and it was world exclusive. Uh, nothing like that had been compiled. There's been different names issued by different smaller initiatives across the globe, but there's never nothing been um, a, um, a compiled list that was that was that was verified and, 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 and evidenced. So that was one of the first things that put cage prisoners onto the map back then, and then it expanded its work to focus on U.S. black sites across the globe. Uh, highlighting some of the kind of illegalities of it, the extraordinary rendition program. So the CIA ran a, ran a torture program where they would take people to different countries, including some Eastern European nations, some uh, North African nations, including Egypt and Morocco. Syria was also included in this. Some, um, you know, islands like Diego Garcia was some of it, and, uh, and um, military brigs across the globe where people would be taken to tortured uh, in the most heinous ways including you know um, uh, sexual abuse including religious abuse including hanging walling which has been your heads being smashed against the wall um, including waterboarding which essentially is, is, is drowning an individual until they pass out so a lot of these a lot of these things back then were very scary people weren't people didn't didn't touch these issues but alhamdulillah cage with the support of of, of um you know, uh, courageous members of the community at that very early point managed to push the narrative on this. And this was the first milestone victory for the organization in the way that it, it managed to shift the Overton window or the discussion on Guantanamo such that people understood that this wasn't an issue about dealing, quote-unquote, with terrorists, but this was an issue about dealing with human rights. This was an issue of, of violation of rights on an on a industrial scale and that the vast majority of people who have been passed through those systems are innocent. And even those who, are, who, who had perhaps committed some sort of um, something against the United States, they've not put, been put to trial, they've not been charged with any crime, and they've been, been held without, without ever seeing a judge. So obviously this contravenes any semblance of justice. Um, cage, cage prisoners then understood that that sort of Guantanamo-wise Guantanamo that word is, a, if we can use that word, or uh, Guantanamoization, 
of of of, uh, of of prisoners or people, this began to expand. So so we saw domestically within the UK and other European nations, and even 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 across the world through through the United Nations, implementation of policies around counterterrorism, counterextremism, and that we saw how these policies inspired by the war on terror, inspired by the abuse of Muslims in Guantanamo, have become have have, have been adopted or absorbed into domestic policy, or that type of language which saying, look, those are some scary men over there. We need to do, we need to have some pieces of legislation to protect ourselves from them. And using, exploiting people's fears and prejudices towards Muslims in order to pass these particular laws. And we saw in the UK, you had stuff like uh, CVE, which where we call it here Prevent, which is essentially a Muslim spying program uh, under the guise of countering extremism or countering radicalization and stopping people from becoming terrorists and so on. And we had multiple laws which saw the slow but gradual erosion of uh, of justice. So we have now the UK has courts where there's evidence where you cannot challenge the evidence. You don't know what the evidence is. Even your lawyers aren't even allowed access to it. Um, and we saw how um, laws were passed to criminalize free speech where Muslims that can be stopped in airports and questioned and interrogated and have their DNA taken and fingerprints and uh, and electronics confiscated and, and downloaded uh, without without a warrant, without anything of, of that sort. People would usually associate with being processed by the authorities. And therefore, we, the organization evolved into, into, uh, into what was called CAGE, so rather than just being caged around the prisoners, but around, but caged more, more 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 broadly, talking about and, and advocating on the broad abuses of the of the war on terror. And since that, alhamdulillah, there's been there's been a number of victories, particularly around CVE Prevent, where we've uh, Cage has 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 been the leading organisation in calling for its abolishment. And this is a position now broadly adopted across civil society in the UK and trade unions, uh, most notably. Uh, although late to the party by Amnesty International just a few months ago also joined in, joined in and, 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 and said that yes prevent needs to be needs to be abolished um, and um, and these are these are some of the kind of um, wins but they take a lot of years a lot of sacrifice and whilst people it, 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 currently they can they can look back and say you know that was the correct position to hold but at the time these are quite um, quite courageous positions that were, that are necessary to be taken and that are bold positions that 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 incur some some costs and cage has had some uh, impact on its on its reputation and being tarnished across British media and some global media as well. However, we see this as a necessary cost in order to push forward what we believe is the just and the right thing to say. And I think as as, as Muslims, sometimes we we need to take inspiration from the seer of the Prophet وسلم, and the and, and the Sahab and the companions who who did say the truth, spoke the word of truth, and and they they they, they knew what it entailed and the consequences it would have on them. But ultimately, they knew they would be on the right side. I just want to pick up on that point, Anas, because uh, there are a number of perhaps mainstream voices now, even in the Muslim community, who look back at the ills of positions that were taken, you know, in the early days of the so-called war on terror and how there was a climate of fear and how sometimes we threw, possibly through our own, under the bus, 
because of this fear and, and fear of repercussions. And now, obviously, there, is, there are people who have come out and are willing to speak about those who, uh, who, who have been unjustly imprisoned from that time and still continue to languish uh, in, in prisons around the world. Uh, you know, one would be the kind of antagonism which we would naturally expect from mainstream voices on the outside and from uh, reactionary governments. Uh, but how, how did you know how how do you feel as an organization 20 years on when you are placated on some of your, some of your positions um, and you see the evolution perhaps that has occurred in the Muslim community a greater sense of maturity and and awareness uh, because when you had made these statements and you make you make the you know the, the, the your, your your, your motto at that time was voice for the voiceless. It may sound like a cliche, but literally this was a very lonely stance that you had taken at that particular moment in time and how things have evolved since then. Yeah, it's very right what you've, what you've alluded to. And, but um, sometimes you have to appreciate that, uh, especially when, it, when, it, when a community is... Uh, is forced into silence through 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 fear and, and intimidation, um, and there are global forces working to 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 sustain that fear uh, and and to play on it. Then uh, then you may you may see and hear things that you find unpleasant or that are unhelpful, but but usually over time, uh, those who and those who 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 stay long enough to uh, to, to and to stay the course. Uh, you realize that people who who had ulterior motives, who who, who were working on their own personal brands rather than the broader interests of of, of, of Muslims, uh, be it domestically or globally as as Muslim Ummah, you, you realize that they they very quickly become exposed. They very very quickly um, will um, will uh, will announce their kind of departure from 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 these type of issues um and and that's a kind of a, a sunnah that we that we see throughout time that's 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 repeated um for us yes there have been moments where we, we may have felt like that uh but that maturity takes time um as as a as a dedicated specialized organization we work very closely with the law with, with lawyers we we analyze these policies we can we can read the, the the you know the historical trajectory very closely but this type of specialist and expert knowledge isn't shared by everyone so so um, whilst we may see things very clearly uh, you have to also understand that others are on their own journeys as well and um and uh, and we've seen the fruits of it recently where, where most of the issues that cage had campaigned on in the past where we may have been a lonely voice or perhaps with a very few committed number of of, of campaigners and organizations these are some things that are that are broadly accept, um, accepted and actually celebrated and that's that shows the you know a testament to the growth and maturity of 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 the community and 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 a testament again to the organizations and people like cage and others who put in the time and effort to actually educate people and bring them along um, um, on this journey. Before I talk about Cage International now and uh, how how you see that vision shaping up, just from a branding point of view, Anas, from a point of view of organizational growth, uh, organizational timelines, you've already undergone 
two two phases in this organization two name changes from cage prisoners to cage uh, cage itself and now cage uh, international uh, how, how do those discussions go about and uh, you know for is is this actually seen to be something positive for an organization to change its identity from time to time or even uh, you know I always toy with the sport if an organization was created for a particular purpose and people prolong the life of that organization without you know when those initial objectives were were achieved is it actually something logical to be doing your thoughts on that um i i see what you mean uh, also uh, you know in our in our in our particular context here um when cage first 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 emerged its its objectives were very narrow around around the issue of guantanamo bay and as you develop and you and you and you grow and you develop expertise in these areas you realize that there are there are many gaps that need to be filled and you find yourself very often as the lone actor in these in, in, in these spaces and organizations are vehicles to achieve to achieve certain goals um i'm i'm not particularly an advocate for for a forever organization if an organization becomes obsolete then it means it has achieved its purpose i mean some of the things that we say in our in our and we've said it to our own community and we say in our events is that our objective is to no longer be in existence ultimately because to be in existence means there's injustice uh, um or uh, structural injustices and things that are still harming our people harming our community um and the end of cage if you want to put it that way will mean that those these these matches have come have come to an end so for us um uh, we believe that we still have a very much a a, a unique contribution we have a, a a blend between you know our core islamic values um the, the, the islamic language and, and frames of reference as well we um you know and using it to advocate for for justice and if you if you look at the pro justice space the civil the civil society spaces across the world you find that the language is perhaps dominated by um some movements from particularly from from, from the left or particularly kind of like you know um pro state pro violence very much right wing groups um especially emanating from from the US and there there aren't any and and even muslim organizations which which exist in this space um uh, quite often you'll find them borrowing language from from one of the those two camps and we 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 feel that our contribution is still necessary in order to correct course and make sure that our advocacy and our campaigning is rooted on in in Islam and the Quran and the hadith and um that we in our in our in, in our campaign for justice we should focus not simply just on the uh on the on the symptoms that we see on the streets like for example in west when we talk about islamophobia you might see violence on the street but cage is 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 engineered you could we could say to focus on the on the on the kind of systemic issues or systemic reasons why these why these issues arise so far you know when when we talk about islamophobia we're talking about a top down phenomenon when we're talking about these um how how muslims are demonized we speak about the the, the laws and policies that have been pushed off the back of the war on terror when we when we when we talk about how you know the the genocide in gaza is is allowed to go on um we believe partly because because um 
because Muslim life is seen is seen as less, and there's and 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 in the war on terror we've seen how how uh, you know Muslim lives were, were deemed to be worthless in Iraq and Afghanistan and elsewhere elsewhere across the globe. So we still very, very much see ourselves as having a valuable and unique contribution. And I think if we ever believe that uh, uh, that we're not the case. Then we'd shut up shop, and I think we'd be the first people to, we'd be more than happy to do so. Indeed, Anas, so the, the final one here then is having sketched the vision of cage prisoners and then the different phases from cage prisoners to cage. Uh, the announcement now made recently that this is going to be cage international. What exactly do you envisage? the new sphere or the expanded sphere of work to be and uh, how, how will this translate into or what is your call then for collaboration in this regard globally? Yeah, so um, in, in the, over the last so four years or so, uh, we've been slowly developing partnerships across much of the European continent and also further afield. Uh, it's part of an, an understanding within the cage leadership that the challenges Muslims are, are, are facing cannot be restricted to individual kind of uh, um, geographic locations or, or uh, for example, Islamophobia in, 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 in the UK is not distinct from that from in France and it's not too distinct from what's facing, for example, the Muslims in East Turkestan uh, under the hands of the Chinese Communist Party. So, uh, so these matters are interconnected, and it's and it and it would be a shortcoming for Muslim organisations not to think in that in a in a connected way to to bring to bring together their collective knowledge and skills and resources to to, to fight back. And so that's where that's where it actually it actually stems from. And um, uh, we've been, alhamdulillah, you know, quite honoured to have uh, been work working very closely with like-minded European um, um, NGOs, helping, training, building together um, uh, coalitions. Uh, um, most, uh, I mean, uh, just back in September, uh, we had uh, organised, you know, a first of its kind Muslim coalition at one of the world's largest. Um, intergovernmental um, conferences where um, nearly all the major states are, are represented and uh, we're also leading uh, founding members of a UK-based um, uh, Uyghur campaign organization um, and there's lots of other kind of initiatives like this such as uh, building connections in Afghanistan uh, to investigate uh, potential war crimes and also support the resetting and release of, of, of prisoners. So, we, so what, what the position Cage is at, at the moment is is understanding that the threat Muslims are facing and the dangers that we're facing are of a global nature. Uh, that we need to think in more in, in more kind of connected ways, and we will be placing resources and efforts. Uh, in building those connections, building those relationships with Muslims and uh, Muslim organizations across the world uh, in order to, for us to be better placed to, to defend the rights of Muslims wherever we are. 
Indeed, Anas, I'd like to thank you uh, for outlining your story, sharing the ups and downs of what has truly been uh, a momentous journey for the past 20 years and as it now evolves into its next stage as you assist, as you speak, as you research and as you mobilize. We thank you particularly as well as a media outlet as Radio Islam International. Your team has previously visited South Africa and your team has always, always been willing to speak to us and give us commentary uh, and analysis at these critical moments throughout these 20 years. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you for, for that and open up the doors of barakah for you as you take on this next phase. Shukran so much for your time and we obviously advise people to head over to your various platforms, cage.ngo as well as the social media platforms to be able to see uh, your latest output and how to be part of your activities. Shukran so much for your time. Thank you very much, Russell.